and we're back. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us for another edition of the GNN Sports Podcast. This is Kyrie Demos, and I'm so happy to finally be getting you guys the episode I promised last week. We have Section 6 Executive Committee President Brett Banker joining the show as he's going to discuss being an administrator with Section 6 during this COVID era, as well as the resumption of the fall sports season coming this Monday. Also, too, talking a little bit about the NFL delaying the girls' swimming season. So stay tuned and listen up as we have a great show for you today. You know, I'm glad we were we were able to finally connect on this. And I know I've probably been badgering you with, you know, asking so many different things. But, um, you know, obviously a time like this, I want to just be able to stay as in, in touch as I can, you know, with you know, all the new updates and, um, you know, different rulings and things like that. So I just wanted to thank you again for, for getting back to me. No, I feel bad. You know, I know uh, I haven't been able to. I've been extremely uh, busy with section things and league things and I'm just, I apologize it hasn't happened earlier. <clears throat> no, abs- no, you you have no no um you don't need to be sorry at all. I know how busy you are right now, especially during a time like this. So um so so just uh just to, to start out like the intro and everything, um, you know, for those people who don't know, um, you know, you're the section six uh, executive committee president, but could you just talk a little bit about your career and your background that that's helped you get to this point? Sure. Um, a lot of people don't realize that uh, I'm actually a native New England kid who okay. taught in um, in a private school up in Vermont for three or four years, and then almost immediately got involved with college administration and coaching. Um, and I did that for uh, seven or eight years at the collegiate level, both coaching and, and administration in um, different colleges along the way. Um, so I bring that experience as well. Um, but I have uh, been in Kenmore now. This is my 29th year as the director of health, physical education, athletics for the Kenton schools. I also oversee our uh, nurse practitioner and the 27 nurses that are that report on a day-to-day basis to her. Um, you know, I've been um, involved with the section for a long, long time, both as a girls rep, and then uh, this is actually my starting my third term as president of the section, which is, you know, I enjoy the section work a lot. I, I'm also on state committees. I'm the president of the New York State Athletic Administrators Association at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But I've been at the table at the exec, not necessarily at the exec committee, but almost, um, well, probably 20 to 25 years now in Section 6. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, just so many different roles, like you said. Like, hats off to you to, to even get into this point to be able to have so many different, wear so many different hats and things like that. I think that's just a testament to you and um, just, you know, the amount of, the, just the, you know, the willingness you have to help these kids here in the area. Um, so, you know, like I said, just hats off to you for that. Um, you know, and you, you mentioned, you know, being here, um, you know, nearly 30 years um, working with the section. I'm sure this has probably been the most unique and just to, um, topsy-turvy time you've ever seen. Um, just how has this been 
how has this whole time been for you dealing with COVID, especially with, you know, like you said, your, your connections with the, the nurses and just the, um, the health side of things as well? You know, it's been very difficult, as it is for everyone. Um, my focus in March when this first hit and through June um, was to try and recognize as many of those spring kids as we possibly could. Um, you know, we did a lot. We were very active on Twitter. We did uh, our traditional signing ceremonies for colleges we did on Twitter. Uh, we did our athletic awards night over YouTube. Um, they were devastated last spring, those those poor kids, mm-hmm. the seniors especially. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we anybody in education really is um, in it for those kids and the reaction. And there's nothing better than ending a long day and walking out back and watching them compete. And, you know, it's just uh, a great part of the job. And when that was taken away from them, you know, and from March on, I wasn't, we weren't allowed in our office until July 6th. So it's quite a struggle for everybody. Um, but again, my focus was on those kids. Uh, since then, um, you know, we, back in the spring, we thought this was probably temporary, at least, um, those of us that don't work in the health field thought it may have been temporary or we'll be okay in August or September. Well, obviously that hasn't come to fruition. So, yeah, the last two months, I would say, has been nonstop, uh, full days working with nurses, coaches. Um, you know, I'm on our superintendent's leadership team. I'm on our reopening committee task force. Just... Uh, hours upon hours, days upon days of meetings, trying to get ready for for opening schools. Uh, Kenmore chose to go virtual with uh, five-week intervals, adding some grade levels every five to ten weeks. It's a phase-in approach. Um, that seems to have been a good decision by our new superintendent. Um, but yeah, it's been um, it's been a lot of work. To answer your question, it's uh, nothing like this. And, as I said at the section meeting um, Wednesday, you know, there's no manual. There's no class you can take to prepare for things like this. It's just, but it's taken up all our time. You know, it's, uh, it's 12, 14-hour days and a lot of stress. And it's uh, a lot of good people trying to pull the rope in the same direction. It's been very difficult. Yeah, no doubt. Like, I, I was um, I was saying this to someone the other day, like, I've never, obviously, like, I've only been doing this for a short period of time, but even just, you know, my time as an athlete here and things like that, like, I've never seen a time where, you know, reporters are out in the dark, coaches are out in the dark, administrators are are out in the dark, and it really just feels like everybody has to take that wait-and-see approach and just, you know, just take every day as it is and, you know, see what new information comes out each day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it changes. It's no exaggeration that it changes, if not daily, you know, if not hourly, it certainly changes daily. So it's been a difficult situation. And to try and, um, with a lot of help, I'm not saying, uh, you know, do this individually, but with a lot of help and with Tim Slade, the executive director, you know, we have 90 high schools thereabouts in Section 6 from the Pennsylvania border to Lake Ontario. So when you talk about getting back to competition and protocols and giving, getting everybody back on the same page and even just politically getting to this point where we can start Monday has been 
a lot of demanding work, a lot of discussions, a lot of behind the scenes um, um, discussions, a lot of a lot of difficult decisions and discussions with people. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you next about, you know, obviously with the fall sports um, starting on Monday and not even all fall sports, it's cross country, boys and girls soccer, um, swimming, although Niagara Frontier League swimming, girls swimming is going to be waiting until the fall sports season, fall sports season two um, with March 1st of 2021. And then I believe it's golf and tennis as well. Um which is, you know, obviously it's it's tough to to have to wait out on a couple of those sports, but you know it was in the best interest of the kids and everybody's safety. So, you know, with the section, you know, how was it, you know, working in accordance with the state and the guidelines that um, Governor Cuomo and you know uh, some of the health organizations, um, CDC, who um, they put out out there for us. You know, I don't um, begrudge anybody. It, uh, the, the, it's tough to make decisions when you don't have the appropriate information um, at any level. Um, I know that Dr. Zayas and his staff at the New York State Public High School Athletic Association, uh, you know, were leaders in trying to keep us updated throughout. Um, they, they had to wait. They had to wait for the this, not only the State Department of Health, but the various county Department of Health, Department of Health, the CDC, as you alluded to. Mm-hmm. You know, um, nobody was delaying for any specific political purpose or any other reason. You know, we, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I mentioned going outside and watching kids play. Well, our first responsibility is they do that in an environment that's safe. And obviously, this has thrown all of us in a loop when you try and define safety and it's the great unknown, right? It's uh, superintendents have these decisions that weigh them down and athletic directors. And, uh, you know, frankly, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen next week. We just implement protocols as our league has, as the state has asked us to do. And we try and follow those as best we can put a lot of responsibility on families, kids, and coaches and, uh, not roll the dice, certainly, because we have a lot of information, but we, you know, it's going to be a day by day. Um, we're just going to almost hold our breaths until we see how far we can get into this fall season. But in terms of the leadership of the State Athletic Association, they've been great. You know, of course, everybody wishes they had more time. You know, the uh, section meeting was Wednesday and sports start Monday. That didn't leave. That doesn't leave a lot of time. There's, you know, now you shift and put your athletic director hat on, and we're spending hours and hours and hours in terms of prepping for sports physicals, the athletic placement process, tests, um, the protocols at each field. Um, you know, all of a sudden uh, you turn around and you have to try and schedule sports physicals and testing for kids and. Uh, you know, it's everybody's going to have to be patient. It's a quick, quick turnaround because nobody could make plans until, you know, as late as Wednesday. And for us in the Niagara Frontier League, we met the next day on Thursday. So a lot of us mm-hmm. couldn't really implement anything until Thursday. So uh, it's going to take a ton of work on many individuals' parts, nurses, trainers, uh, to try and pull this off by Monday. The good news is that Monday is the first day you can play, um, mm-hmm. 
but you don't necessarily have to if you're not ready. So I know, I don't know if the you know the, the specific schools, but I know there's been a lot of discussion about playing starting next week. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been a rocky road to get to this point. Yeah, no doubt, and you know I think that's I'm glad that you mentioned um, Dr. Zayas um, and just you know being able to work with the state because I feel like a lot of people have gotten a little disgruntled because of the way the process has gone. But to be completely honest, it's just even, you know, from my perspective, like it feels like, you know, one, I think above all the health and safety of the kids, players, fans, staff, everybody is being prioritized. But also two, I think the fact that, you know, it's his hands are almost tied because, you know, yes, what may be best here in section six or for, you know, some teams in the Niagara Frontier League may not be the best for the Buffalo Public Schools or, you know, in the CCAA or Monsignor Martin or even, you know, a Section 5 or Section 3 programs, whatever the case is. So I just think that it, it's it's kind of tough that, you know, they've had to make some sweeping decisions um, when not everything is necessarily going to be able to apply to each school. But at the same time, too, it's really in the best interest um, for everybody. So I just feel like not only yourself, but fans, um, have been tied just because it is, it isn't, you know, one school that's being prioritized over another. It's all, it's, it's for the, 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 uh, the greater good of all. Well, you know, you talk about a tough marketplace, a tough decision, tough sell. I mean, you said it, I mean, Dr. Zayas has, you know, from Nassau County, Westchester County, Long Island, you know, to the the Lake Placid region all the way over to Buffalo. I mean, situations are different. Obviously, Nassau, Westchester County, that area in March, April, May, you could have never envisioned um, getting to this point. I know some of them have made the difficult decision to not play because the situation is still kind of up in the air. But Dr. Zayas uh, is a very smart man. He... Uh, you know, he funneled it off to sections, essentially. And we all have bosses, right? We all have people we have to answer to, and Dr. Zayas is no different. And um, he works arm-in-arm arm with uh, – he's not a part of state education department, but he has to work with them, obviously. And I mentioned the county departments and, you know, the governor's office. Uh, you know, uh, I can't imagine the workload there. Uh, people – People are upset that athletics wasn't earlier on the to-do list for the governor's office. Well, obviously there's tens of thousands of things that come before athletics in terms of that checklist. And, you know, again, we'd like to have information sooner, earlier, but I think we got it when it was possible. We got the information when it was possible. And um, here we are trying to make it work. For sure, yep, trying to make it work. And, you know, that's why I'm just thankful that you guys um, have been working as diligently as you have because, you know, I think with the cards that we were dealt, um, this is the best that we can, you know, provide uh, or that, that could be provided at this time. So, you know, I'm just thankful that we're even able to cover some of the fall sports season, let alone, you know, being able to even – have these kids coming back and being in schools and things like that as well. So, um, you know, just talking a little bit about the section, 
you know, I, I know last week you guys administered the uh, the post ballot um, questionnaire. Um, just what were the conversations like um, between dif- different districts, different um, uh, leagues throughout the section, and just you know where you guys were able to come to the decision of upholding to the uh, rest of the remaining fall sports uh, to to start on Monday. So it really started with a lot of discussion, but uh, it formally started when Erie won, the Erie 1 BOCE superintendents group, obviously made up of Erie County superintendents, um, requested a survey be distributed from the section office. Um, we have representatives on our, we have three superintendents on our executive board at section six, and um, they were very active in trying to support that request. So step one, was to honor that request of the Erie One superintendents by sending out a survey. Um, we were, were pleased with the response rate. We received um, roughly 80% of the uh, surveys back, and of those mm-hmm. that were returned, 75% said that you know they were given four op- actually five options. Um, mm-hmm. Option one was start 9:21 with all fall sports. Option two was mm-hmm. start 9:21 with uh, all sports, or excuse me, the sports with with the exception of football, volleyball, and cheer. And then option Mm -hmm. three was just uh, really the same scenario, but pushing it back to 928. Option four Mm -hmm. was 928 without the uh, high contact sports. And uh, option five was other. Come up with your own idea and share it with us. Um, So 75% of the surveys that came back uh, chose one of the four options, which was to start in September. So from there, we had some data. We had some um, conclusive data that showed that three-quarters of the superintendents in Uri 1 BOCES were supportive of trying to give it a go. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. Section 6 um, encompasses more than just Uri County. So from mm-hmm. there, we have in our bylaws, our Constitution, the postcard ballot. And that's a way for us to conduct business, um, elections, uh, approval of budgets. The postcard ballot is there when we need it. So we wanted to make sure we reached out to Chautauqua, Cataraugus, Niagara Orleans, you know, people, Buffalo, the people that aren't necessarily in Erie 1. And um, Mm -hmm. to do that, we created the postcard ballot. The postcard ballot essentially said, let us know if you're in on 921 or you're out and if you are in are you supportive of postseason play at the sectional level we all know regionals and states are not going to happen this fall but are you in for the duration of what we can pull off here at section six so we open those wednesday at the athletic council meeting those were due tuesday night we had the results wednesday wednesday at the meeting you know, it was, uh, without getting into detail of what schools did what, um, it was roughly 67 to, uh, I want to say, three or four to let's go, September 21st, let's go, we're going to go. And it was similar numbers for postseason play at the sectional level. Okay. Uh may have been 65 to five, you know. But in terms of playing in September, it was – obviously overwhelming. It was, again, 67 to 3 or 4, somewhere in there. So that uh, 
you know, that's a, that's a strategy to go through the survey and, and offer the postcard ballot, which could have, you know, could have backfired. Yeah, that's um, it, it's it's as, nice to be able to hear that. Any so much organization this large, you know, you, so again, you have ninety superintendents, board, um, you have ninety school boards. There's a slight that, majority um, that that really was was pushing for the September starts. Um, but to see that, you know, so many uh, schools and programs were trying to get this going as soon as possible is uh, very encouraging. And, you know, I think, you know, even just, just thinking about, you know, there's so many questions, obviously, but, you know, even just thinking about, um, you know, the postseason and things like that, what could the postseason look like? Um, I know the the plan that was for football, I know it's going to be kicked back to the spring now um, with it, you know, essentially half of the postseason field, um, from a normal year going forward for this year, at least. Um, are there any other specifics um, that you have in terms of the postseason um, for the remaining fall sports? Uh, not yet. I don't really have that information. The the You're talking about the, the, the sports we are going to try and play this fall? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, because of the time element and because of the, uh, the darkness element, right, um, mm-hmm. coming upon us in the fall, we will be – there will not be an open tournament in soccer or field hockey. The other sports okay. are mostly – although they're team sports, they're mostly driven by individuals. Um, right. So we uh, – in soccer and field hockey – I think that's it in terms of the team sports per se. We will not have an open tournament. You will have to finish 500 or above in your league schedule. Um, And those of us have been around a long time, that used to be the case. Many, many, many years ago, uh, none of these tournaments were open. And then gradually they opened up to include everybody. But now because of daylight savings time, the condition of some fields, you know, we're going to hopefully people will play, you know, 12, 14, 16 league games and uh, get that in. And then we'll move on to sectionals for those finished 500 or better in their league. That's one, okay. that's one change. Yeah, it'll be, it'll just put that much more of an emphasis on the regular season. So I think that'll help you know, with the sports. I mean, obviously, I think more more so than ever, we'll see that much more tightly contested um, competition just because, I mean, these kids haven't, literally haven't been able to compete since last school year. But at the same time, too, I think just with that, you know, condensed postseason field, too, I think that'll uh, definitely uptick the, the, the competitive nature. So should be some um, interesting competition as we get going soon. Um you know, I also wanted to ask too. You know, obviously it was a tough decision to have to kick um, football and volleyball and cheer back to the spring. Um, just thoughts on on doing that and what you can envision. Potentially, I know it's obviously six months from now, and you know who knows. I mean, six months ago we we thought that by this time we'd be done with the coronavirus. But you know, what do you potentially envision if you know things are at least rel- or, um, relatively comparable to what we're dealing with now. Um, what what do you expect the, the fall sports season two to look like? 
Um, I think very similar. I think it'll be totally based on the length of season, the length of opportunity, just based on the calendar itself. You know, to be honest with you, I have, uh, we've been so busy with opening school and trying to get this vote accomplished for fall sports that I haven't looked at, you know, I haven't advanced out to March yet. I'm trying to, you know, we're all trying to get by the hour and the day. Um, I would imagine, I haven't talked to Ken Stolt, I haven't heard his report yet from the football committee, but and I haven't mapped it out in terms of the available number of weeks, but I assume that it's going to be a shortened season. I think, I know we voted in an extra game last year for what would have been the, for, for the first time this fall. Um, I don't think that'll be possible. I, I you know, I, I, I'm hearing numbers, you know, six games, seven games instead of, you know, the, the the full schedule that they're used to. But I think that, uh, I think still in March, people people will be appreciative just to put on the pads and play and have these games. Um, you know, starting in March, people talked about the weather and football and uh, how we're going to handle the weather. And I just try and be positive and say, you know, sure, there's a, there's a few marches there that are bad, but if you're talking about March 1st as the first football practice and you need 15 football practices to play, you know, now you're not playing until about the third week of March. And to me, with our artificial turf facilities, I think we'll be fine. You know, there could be a spring snowstorm for sure, but um, I, I think we'll be fine. You know, to me, it's the it parallels the weather in late March, to me, parallels the weather in late November. And there are still plenty of states that play Thanksgiving Day football, on, you know, in late November. So if they can do that with the occasional plowing the field and shoveling, which doesn't happen that often, uh, we can play in the third week of March as well. And I look at the, at the collegiate level, baseball and softball open their seasons actually in late March because they have to be done in early May. So I think we can pull it off, but I don't think you'll see a full schedule. Okay, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, we get there. I know that these past six months have been a process. Hopefully, the the next six months aren't aren't as strenuous as these last six have been. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to say this for a fact, but I'm sure the open tournament in volleyball will also be looked at, depending on where we are. You know, uh, but with a shortened season, we may be we may have to keep it to the teams with a 500 record. But that has not been discussed yet. Okay. So, yep, we'll, we, shall, we shall see once we get there. Um, one last thing I wanted to ask, too, was now I was going to ask specifically about the winter season just because, you know, I know with a sport like volleyball being pushed back to the springtime, um, you know, there's a lot of indoor sports, obviously, for the wintertime. You know, I, I, like we said, I know um, we talked about, you know, taking things day by day, week by week, but um, – just as of now, um, are there any specific concerns that you have um, uh, as the winter? I know that winter season, I know it got kicked back to November 30th now, but just any thoughts looking ahead to, um, you know, just any concerns looking forward to the winter seasons? Well, I, you know, I do. I mean, I'm not sure where we'll be in a sport like wrestling. I'm not sure where we'll be in a sport like ice hockey, you know, full contact, especially wrestling, you know, um, 
I don't know where we'll be. I'm a proponent, obviously, for wrestling. I'm a proponent for every sport that we offer, and even the ones we don't offer at this point, at least in Kenmore. Um, it, it's going to be it's going to be based on the science. You know, we'll be back talking about boys swim. You know, what's going to be different in the pools that made us move girls swim? What's going to be different in the winter? We just hope time and a vaccine and you know things like that kind of catch up and uh, see what our rates are like. You know, the key for winter, I think, the key for the rest of this year is how cooperative people are for this fall. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you start talking about limiting spectators to two per player, and that's the guideline, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's, the, that's what's going to happen. So if we have, you know, individuals or families, there's going to be disagreements at sites. There's going to be, you know, uh, five people that drive down to see uh, one player drive from Lewiston Porter to Kenmore West, perhaps, you know, a grandmother or girlfriend, uh, aunt and uncle, you know, people are going to be turned away. Uh, and it depends really greatly on how we respond, both as families, are we understanding of that? Do we get it? Do we, do we uh, show up at Kenmore West knowing that we have five people and knowing the rule is two? Are we going to be purposeful and cause drama? Um, I don't know. So much of this is going to depend on how we roll it out. Now, you know, within our league, we're going to be we're going to be fierce in terms of uh, holding those guidelines because we have to be because everyone's watching and it's unhealthy. It's proven to be unhealthy not to follow the guidelines. So. I just, uh, so much is going to be not just our coaches' responsibility, not just the athletic director's responsibility, superintendents, boards of education, but families. They're going to have to be flexible and understanding. And uh, that will that will help us when it comes to winter, honestly. You know, the the pool situation is a very, very difficult one, and there's a lot of upset people and athletes that, don't like the move to March for girls swimming, but mm-hmm. you know, people have to understand that we're trying to keep everything outdoors for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in terms of social distancing, most of our pool decks in our league are quite small. Uh, we would have had, we would have eliminated spectators for girls swim this fall to pull it off. We would have had to eliminate spectators that would not have gone over. Well, we would have eliminated spectators because to socially distance our athletes, the ones that aren't necessarily swimming an event, it'd have to be up in the bleachers. So, mm. you know, so the entire Niagara Frontier League decided to move that to March 1st, which I think is a, a good decision. Um, the ECIC is um, planning on swimming this fall. However, mm. I can tell you that, you know, at least four ECIC schools have approached us about what a good decision it was and can we swim can we be associate members in your march swim season this this year so but uh, you know that, that's another example of parents being able to accept that decision the girls have not lost their season in fact if you know right now there's no regionals in states if everything's great in march april maybe there will be regionals mm-hmm. in states and swimming so and there's no there's no other sport that they compete with you know, there's going to be girls volleyball, but those girls are either volleyball players or swimmers. They're not one and the same. So um, mm-hmm. we think it's a good move, but 
you know, to answer your question about winter, it's just going to, everybody has to cooperate and follow these protocols. For sure. And, you know, I, I know it's been a challenging time for, for people to follow them to this point, but you just hope for the kids' sakes, um, for these teams and schools' sakes as well, that, you know, everybody follows along and just to be able to get these seasons in because, you know, more more times than not, um, we're not going to be seeing a scenario like we're in, you know, this year. You know, I mean, this is obviously such a one-off year and such a unique time. Um, you know, we just hope that this is the only time we have to, you know, be talking about scenarios like these. So, you know, if they can cooperate for one school year, then I think that'll be, you know, the most beneficial thing for everybody moving forward. I agree. For sure, so. Alrighty, sir. Um, I appreciate your time as always, and you know you've you've always been a, a very reliable contact, but someone that I really truly appreciate and um, respect for all the things that you do around here. So, I just want to thank you again for for even just taking the time out and um, just, uh, being able to share your time today. Sure. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Absolutely. So, alrighty, I'll be reaching out again. Um, I, I'm sure. Um, over the next few weeks at some point just to check in with you. So, um, just okay. again, thank you, and I'll be talking with you soon. All right. Take care. Thank you. you. That's all we've got for today, folks. Thanks again for joining us for another edition of the GNN Sports Podcast. Be well, stay blessed, and have a good weekend.